startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. This is Joe from Celebrate.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, bringing you today the startup of the month in our media cooperation with Frankfurt Forward, Mainz Medical, and Lucas. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome, and thanks for making time on this lovely Saturday afternoon for our recording. Unfortunately, we are unable to bring you this live here, but we are working on it. So you are Startup of the Month. Congratulations. Thank you very much. How on earth did you end up in startups? Because I, 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 did, I did a little bit stalking on your LinkedIn profile, and you <laughs> actually studied political science, and now you're in a healthcare startup. Can you can you help us to understand? Yeah, that? my my CV is not the straightest of all CVs <laughs> that way. Um, I started actually to study medicine back in the days when I uh, graduated from high school and after that, uh, but realized quickly that medicine is not my field of expertise. Um, so I went into political science and actually a comparative religious studies and did my master's degree there. Uh, worked at the university for quite a while and then after that in school. But um, yeah, I realized that the healthcare system uh, could use some improvements, uh, especially in the administrative field. And uh, I'm a guy who always looks at processes. And um, when I saw that some of the processes in the healthcare system just suck, I asked myself, okay, how can we fix that? And uh, then I uh, asked Matthias, my co-founder, um, a very good friend of mine, and we know each other for 20 years, uh, if we could build a solution for that. And he uh, is the technical guy, I'm not. And then we started Minds Medical. So I, that's how I ended in the startup world, 2016. <laughs> ah, you, you, you actually went to study medicine. For everybody who's not from Germany, there is nothing like pre-med here in Germany. You start from the beginning and you, they teach you everything really, really pressurized. It's very tough. And uh, many friends of mine who studied medicine usually compare it to memorizing a phone book. Yeah, pr pretty much, pretty much like that. <laughs> Plus a lot of other stuff. Um, yeah. Um, well, I got lucky to get a place for the university because in the German healthcare system or to get a place in the uh, at university for medicine, you need to be quite lucky. Some people wait months and years and years for that. I got lucky to get in uh, and then I forfeit my place uh, four semesters later. But what can you do? Sometimes you see that it's not your actual passion to do that. And uh, yeah, then I left. We, we may tell the people who are listening to this or viewing this on YouTube, IGTV, or some, somewhere else, um, that in Germany there is something, okay, attention, die zentrale Vergabestelle für Studienplätze. Oh, that's a great word. <laughs> which, which means basically there, there's a central place that hands students to the universities. It's not like in the US or in the UK where you apply to your university, to your college. Some of them are centralized and basically um, medicine is usually done with a very, very high GPA, where in Germany you don't know the curve. So if you want to get an A or in Germany one, you actually have to know everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, sort of like that. But I think uh, to, if you, if you uh, 
mark the right uh, universities to apply for them because uh, in the Zentrale Vergabe der Studienplätze <laughs> uh, you can actually check some boxes where you want to go and uh, if you are a little smart there uh, then in some years you are lucky <laughs> that you can get in without knowing everything. <laughs> it's it's this it's a central administration for uh, a literal translation would be submitting students for whatever. So yeah. it's central administration, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the cool things in the German language that you can uh, just put words after words after words, and then you have a very meaningful uh, word for that. <laughs> it's hard to translate. My all-time favorite is in in. in in English-speaking countries, you have on the product used before, for example, food. In Germany, yeah. there's Mindesthaltbarkeitsdatum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, your company is Mainz Medical. Actually, you're not doing one thing, you're doing two things. Can you tell us a little bit what you guys are actually doing and how yeah. it is different from what's going on right now in the German medical field? Sure. Um, we started our company to, uh, as I said before, to uh, improve administrative work within hospitals. So our product is a software based on machine learning and natural language processing to read and understand uh, medical files and the unstructured data in medical files for that matter. So if you are in a hospital and you are treated, um, then the doctors obviously have to write down why you went to the hospital and what they did with you. And this usually is in form of the medical health record in within the hospital. By the way, about 50,000 medical uh, records are produced every day in the German healthcare system in hospitals. So it's quite a huge number of uh, medical records that are produced. <laughs> and obviously, it's uh, written as text. And uh, after the patients are discharged, what do you do with the, pa uh, with the medical record, right? Uh, for one thing, uh, one part is to actually know what happened to the patients when he is uh, comes back to the hospital later, but also for reimbursement purposes, because uh, the German healthcare system is based on the DRG system, which is the diagnosis-related groups, which are reimbursed from the uh, payers in the healthcare system, the uh, Krankenkassen, the insurance companies. Um, and the diagnosis-related group, the name already says it a little bit, is based on the diagnosis you had when you came to the hospital. So poor souls have to read the medical files after the patient is discharged and have to do a thing called medical coding, which is uh, transferring medical context. Uh, uh, Joe was admitted to the hospital uh, with an appendicitis, for example, and we removed it and stuff like that. So the Appendix uh, gets an alphanumerical five-digit code and the removal gets some other code. And that's a fun task with about 80,000 different codes that people that sort of are medical expert and rain man have to <laughs> get out of the, of the code. So it's a manual process. And Mind's Medical is actually partly automating that process by reading, understanding the medical record and knowing what the doctors wrote down uh, there. So um, it saves time in hospitals to make it short, uh, which saves time for reimbursement purposes. And uh, so uh, doctors, 20% of the doctors are doing this medical coding in Germany after the patients are discharged, which is a colossal waste of their expertise because they should be treating uh, patients uh, and not doing administrative work. Or uh, in most hospitals nowadays, uh, 
so-called Codier-Fachkräfte, coding professionals, are used to do um, this medical coding in the hospitals. And they just aren't enough of these people because you need medical experts plus rain man to do that. Uh, and many hospitals have a huge pile of uh, patient files that is uh, not coded. And so we help with that. <laughs> is it actually point. also the case that um, if they have uncoded files, they're actually not getting paid for them? Yeah. True. Um, so many, many hospitals have like, I don't know, a couple of hundred files, uh, patient files lying at their desk uh, and they don't have the manpower to actually do the medical coding for the reimbursement. So they're not getting money from that. And in Germany, the rule is that after 30 days of um, the, the patient is discharged from the hospital, you have to hand in the medical coding and the DRG, the group that uh, the patient uh, is or the hospital is reimbursed for uh, to the insurance company. So there is uh, basically time and money issue with the hospitals. 10% um, of the German hospitals uh, are in danger of going bankrupt at the moment in, in Germany. And one of the reasons, obviously, is that they don't do the reimbursement in time. Ah, and I, I, I just looked it up. Um, and uh, for everybody, uh, like uh, patients and um, that actually means money if you don't get paid for your patients for example i just realized that one day in the intensive care unit costs something like 1600 us dollars and so if you have a patient who's like in there 10 days that's serious money already for a hospital that's that's serious money yeah the the normal uh um, amount of money the hospital gets for one patient is around 2800 euros in Germany for the stay of the hospital, but uh, the group um, you are diagnosed with basically gives a multiplier for that base number of 2,800 euros. So this multiplier can be as low as 0.4 or something. So you get less money. If it's a very easy case, you're just there for one day. They look at you and they say, oh, you're fine. You can go home. You just uh, ran into the door and have... Uh, yeah, you have a minor concussion or something yeah. or... Uh, therefore a day in the hospital then the hospital gets not enough money but imagine they remove your uh, lungs and you get a lung transplantation and you're in the hospital for 20 days the the multiplier can go up i don't know as high as times 50 or something so it's serious money to do the coding actually correct <laughs> to do the to do the coding oh i see and basically what you do you help to get this data like it is now in the files are we yes. actually talking about already digital files or are we still talking about the handwritten files and disclaimer here uh, doctors in germany are very well known for the bad handwriting <laughs> because they have to do such a lot of bad uh, handwriting yeah. and uh, even at late at night and so it gets very soon very bad well digitization for us starts when handwriting stops so <laughs> Um, this this is basically the level we are working with, but um, we figured out uh, in the beginning, we thought, okay, everything's going to be in databases in the hospital systems. But we quickly realized, uh -huh. yeah, <laughs> that was a rookie mistake. <laughs> uh, so uh, our software is now able uh, to basically do a very good OCR. Um, so we can basically read any file, picture file that is sent or produced in the hospital if you have a scan. Uh, we can read it and classify the written text and do the do our natural language processing machine learning find the the common the common stuff uh, in the text and then we can pretty correctly code the files 
And since you used the TLA, a three-letter acronym, <laughs> OCR means optical character recognition. So basically, you scan something handwritten, and then a computer can understand it and translates it into a usual Word document or something yeah. like that. That's correct. So we can we can work with all the printed files in the hospitals or archived files that are printed out of PDF files and re-scanned and sent back to an archive system. We can we can all work with that now. But uh, if somebody writes down some something uh, with a with a pen on a piece of paper, we we are lost. But luckily, for most uh, patient cases, that's not super relevant in in terms of reimbursement in terms of reimbursement. So we're not a medical product. We're just doing the administrative stuff in the back end. So we're technically not a medical product where this theoretically might be needed to do as well. So luckily, we are not in that position. I would say you're something more like a big data company, uh, especially working with unstructured data. Yeah, basically, pretty much with, with a focus on medical text because um, in every field, there's domain-specific talk, domain-specific things that is easier for machines to read if you train them specifically for this task. So if somebody gives us, I don't know, a newspaper, uh, we probably be a lot worse in uh, discerning diseases that are <laughs> written down there because it's not just a, um, we're not doing a, um, what's it called? Uh, word finder or something like that. That's not enough uh, because if you have pain, that could be something very different than knee pain or acute knee pain or uh, the patient doesn't have acute knee pain but he has uh i don't know some, something else that could be related to that so you need always need to look at the whole context and just find a couple of words that might have medical meaning just doesn't cut it <laughs> ah i see and and usually you taught um your machine the Psyrempe, which is the medical handbook for germany that explains doctor speech to normal people, for example, one of my all-time favorite is lumbago. You got a bad ache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, we train our system. To understand that, right? Lumbago. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, we train the system on the medical files that are already at our customers at the at the uh, hospitals, for example, or insurance companies. Um, so we can train the train our system not only. Uh, on the medical relevance, but also on the specific dialect that is written in the hospital. Because you have a 40-year-old or 50-year-old medical professor who has taught everybody how to actually document that, then this dialect will be different in the hospital than in the hospital right next door, uh, where a different guy from a different uh, uh, school of medicine, for example, uh, has a total different approach on documenting stuff. So... Uh... <laughs> So it's a little more tricky than just uh, feeding the machine with uh, lexicas. <laughs> mm, I see. Uh, 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 I do have a question concerning that. Um, like, you are going to a hospital. At first they say, no way. Then they say, maybe. And then you actually get to work with something like a pilot or something like this. Do you already work like full, completely integrated in a hospital here in Germany? Uh, we are starting to integrate into th the first three hospitals at the moment. We have a live product with a, our first in, with a, with an insurance customer, <laughs> where we're doing something a little bit different than the uh, medical coding for reimbursement purposes. So, uh, as you asked before, we have two kinds of 
products that we are working with and uh, yeah uh, when we figured out that we can actually contextually understand the medical records what's relevant in terms of uh, pre-existing conditions with the patients we figured out that uh, medical risk analysis is a thing we can also do with that so if you want to have a private health insurance for example uh, and you apply for that insurance you're going to get asked some questions what basically what's the last five-year medical history you have if you don't have any medical history you're fine you get the insurance obviously but as soon as you have something that is not dealt with in five minutes checking a box you just have to send all your your medical records to uh, the insurance company and people have to read it it's basically the same task as in the hospital they have to understand what the applicant for the insurance had and what we can do with our software is to um yeah do the medical risk analysis for them because we can look for the diseases they don't want to insure um and we can quicken the process in a way that it doesn't take six weeks for the uh, for the applicant to get an answer if he gets the uh, life insurance or medical insurance but just it could go in minutes just send the files scan the files take a photo get the idea get the answer uh, and you can make a decision if you want to uh, take that insurance or not based on the offer they make you uh, at the moment insurance company is doing the exact same thing but it just takes weeks and weeks and weeks mm -hmm. i see um before you uh shifted into the insurance uh yeah arm of your company i was curious um do you have any guesstimates how much will you contribute to the bottom line of the hospitals you're working with yeah we have, we have a pretty you have a pretty good idea we are uh, with our current set of technology are able to automatically uh, and for reimbursement purposes soundly do about 40 to 60 percent of all stationary patient cases to automatically code them so that the hospital gets the money for that this um so it's about a 50 percent uh, increase of productivity just with the software um what happens then you have people who are uh, used to read all the files that came on their table uh, but they have a little more time at the moment uh, which helps because before that they were super overworked <laughs> and uh, didn't finish with all the t all the files and now what they can do is go back uh, to the doctors and help them writing the actual file because they know what's relevant. So the um, medical file, the, the structure of the medical file gets better and the content of the medical file gets better. Uh, and every person in the hospital who is actually doing that, after uh, coding professionals who do that, uh, contribute about 150,000k a year uh, plus to the revenue of the hospital. If you know that many hospitals operate on about 200,000 thousand profit a year <laughs> uh, it's a lot of money mm -hmm. i see and uh for the insurance part health insurance here in germany because we are only talking right now about you and germany was yeah. there's basically um gesetzliche Krankenkasse, so yeah. it's it's a uh, health insurance by law you can basically get in and there uh, uh like a dozen providers, some really big national, some really small local that you can actually hop in between. And then if you earn enough money, you can go to a higher level and that's called private health insurance. And if to get in there, you either have to be, um, have to be admitted as a kid because your parents been in private health insurance or you have to earn enough money in order to have the option. Yeah. Not the obligation, but the option to change. Yes. 
the, the public health care system is quite uh, good in Germany and we're lucky that we have it that, mo that basically everybody is uh, have, has health insurance um, but if you want that little extra or you make enough money or you have been in the insurance in the in the private health insurance and want to change then you have to do this application process with a medical backup check for example um, and this is basically where we come in, but also on um, life insurance, uh, if you have an accident or want to insure yourself against some diseases you get, and then you get paid some money if you get the diseases, there's also this uh, health checkup needed. Or um, Berufsunfähigkeitsversicherung, oh God, what's that in English? Um, <laughs> can you look that up for a second? <laughs> let, let me quickly check on the internet. Yeah, I, I, that was also going through my mind. And then I was going, oh, I don't know the English word. Don't raise this <laughs> Yeah, the, the, we, we, we um, realized quickly that the health, that health insurance system generally, generally are very tribal with their very specific kind of words. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Occupational disability insurance. So Makes no, sense. you know. <laughs> now you know, guys. Remember, Berufsunfähigkeitsversicherung. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for that kind of stuff, or we can do claims management. Uh, if if you went to the doctor, have a private health insurance. The doctor does something, and he writes basically down the uh, the doctor's letters, and the insurance is left with the doctor's letters to pay for that, <laughs> to pay for uh, um, the doctor's service. Then they also have to read it. So, uh, medical risk analysis at the point of sale, uh, medical underwriting, um, and uh, automated uh, claims management. This is basically the the stuff that we do for uh, insurance companies. When I was reading about the insurance companies, I do believe there are some people who are really gonna like it because they're healthy and they get lower premiums, but they are also like people who are really going to hate it because they they're sick. They they usually could not get into the, the um, insurance. How how do you deal with this um, ethical dilemma? Well, f for us, um, we help in a process that is already in place. So if you want that insurance, you need to go through the backup check. And it doesn't, the question is, is the, is the decision the insurer is going to make to admit you to the insurance or not data-based? Or is it somebody who, I don't know, forgot to drink his coffee in the morning, uh, is very distracted because he is stressed at home, reads through your file, sees something and says, ah, well, I don't give a crap if he gets the insurance or not, and gives you a big fat no on the admission form, form uh, or if the decision is data-based and we see that um, the the diagnosis we make out of the the documents is in generally 10 10 to 15 percent better uh, than the humans actually uh, understanding the text um, is it also that you contribute then 10 to 15 percent of the bottom line to the health insurance company, or are you actually looking for more when your product? We're, we're looking. Well, the the market for medical risk analysis and stuff like that in Germany is about five billion, I believe. Um, so it's a, it's a huge market. We we're looking for about thirty percent in cost reduction in the process. Um, we we have not really enough data at the moment to say if if the bottom line for the insurance company is 15%, 20% or something like that. But what our software enables the insurers to do is scale sales. Because you're, if you get a, um, 
if you get admissions from uh, from potential customers, you have to read them. You cannot go. Th uh, you actually have to check if uh, if the data in that says I can insure you or not, because every wrong decision you make uh, goes directly to your bottom line as an insurance company. Um, and with our software, you can basically uh, scale the admittance of uh, the right customers, and that's super interesting for most insurance companies. I see everybody who would like to learn more. Um, we do have a, a little bit dated audio interview from Otto Nova, Germany's uh, only digital health insurer. Go down here in the show notes, you'll find a link to the interview. And there in the interview, I do believe I promised an update. So maybe I'll reach out to Otto Nova today. <laughs> <laughs> talking about that uh people don't see it through the window in your bag but actually you are located here in lovely frankfurt yes since we are talking as media partners of frankfurt forward what does frankfurt Rheinman mean for you why did you set up shop here uh well i'm originally from frankfurt <laughs> so i'm of the one of the very few founders i think uh, who is a uh Frankfurter Boop, as we say it, um, so a homegrown Frankfurt dude. Um, and yeah, my, my co-founder Matthias and I, we were located in, in the area here um, in, in our previous work lives. And when we decided to, to start the company, um, we thought, well, we might as well stay here in Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt is not particularly uh, known for its uh, intro tech or health, uh, health tech companies. But I think Frankfurt has a great, a great, it's a great opportunity for startups in that area because we are a B2B business. We have to visit our customers face to face. So Frankfurt has uh, the, the tr big train station that goes all over Germany, the airport and everything, and is very well connected also to the finance industry. So we're right in the middle there. So this means a lot to us to be here. But also Frankfurt is home, just plain and simple. My wife and I live here. My family lives in and around Frankfurt. Uh, same with Matthias, my co-founder. So um, we really enjoy it here. We have a big network uh, of friends and family, and that's super helpful if you're working long hours and uh, want to meet your friends. And uh, in the end, and then you don't have to travel hundreds of miles to be home sometimes. So yeah, um, also uh, we happened to, uh, well, at least I, and Matthias as well uh, happened to study in Frankfurt um, when when we started started our careers, and uh, that's why we got admitted also in the Unibator, which is the incubator startup incubator of the University of Frankfurt, um, which we were uh, alumni from. So that's also a big thing for us to to be part of the Frankfurt ecosystem in startups because uh, we are alumni of the Goethe University of the incubator program of the Goethe University. And for us, uh, after having all these benefits from Goethe University, from the incubator program, all that, uh, it's naturally for natural for us to stay close um, and to give back to the ecosystem if we can. Um, yeah, pretty much <laughs> sums it up. What came to my mind is um, Frankfurt may not be known for its um, medical and data startups, but they should. I do see a, a, quite a search there. And also uh, Merck is running a very good accelerator program down in Darmstadt. Disclaimer, they're usually sponsors of mine. Um, that's why I know a lot of those startups. True. Well, one more question. Sure. If your life would be described by the name 
of a book or a movie or a combination of both? Oh. What would it be and why? <laughs> uh, a life or a book. Yeah, a movie or a book. A movie or a book. Yeah, the title oh. of your life. I, I'm personally we, we, we may have to cut the interview here later on because I need to think for a minute. <laughs> I, I personally always uh, say it's between Pinky and Brain and Forrest Gump. <laughs> Since I'm a big fan uh, and it's also a long journey, uh, maybe maybe The Hobbit. <laughs> oh, The Hobbit, yeah. Um, so, well, when, when Bilbo the, the Hobbit... Uh, stumbles stumbles into gandalf and he just picks him up on a journey and takes him to all these crazy places he had no idea that they even exist that pretty much sums it up and uh, fighting the german healthcare system for better better operability better better processes that certainly feels like facing smoke <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking good i just looked in my show notes and there's one thing uh, we talked before you raised 2018 a seed round and you're now looking for potential investors for series a maybe in 2020 right yeah uh, pretty much what we're doing at the moment is uh doing our proof of market and uh have working products as well in hospitals else and in insurance companies and build a couple of more uh products at the moment and then we're looking at end of next year probably for a series a round uh to scale that up and be a little quicker about that, uh, what we're doing at the moment. But then we have all that proof and money in the back and we are we could just grow uh, normally and slowly or we could just pick up a little pace. And that's why I want to, are looking for a series A uh, by the end of next year, maybe, maybe 22, beginning of 22 or something like that. Healthcare system always takes longer than you think. <laughs> okay, great. So, only thing for me left to say is thank you very much. I enjoyed this interview quite a lot. And um, for all the listeners and the viewers, we took out approximately 30 minutes of thinking time for you, right? <laughs> yeah, approximately. Maybe maybe an hour and a half or so. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. And have a great day. I'm looking forward to see the interview later. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. Thanks, man. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.